Ah, there we go. Joshua chapter 8. Uh, as we dig in, remember they came up against Ai. Uh, they kind of got kicked around a little bit. Uh, and we saw the mistakes they made. We saw the, see the mistakes that are so common to all men. Uh, uh, just not praying, not seeking the Lord, thinking that we got things handled when we really don't. Uh, thinking that we're something when we're absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh uh, but he, we come to chapter 8 after the, uh, Joshua and the people of Israel had gone to the Lord and sought him and he told them what the problem was and they dealt with the problem. Uh, and it tells us this in, in Philippians 3. Uh, and you all know the verse. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just a great things to keep in mind and to, to hold on to. Philippians 3, 13 and uh, 14 it says i can do all things through christ which strengtheneth me notwithstanding uh ye have well done that you did communicate with my affliction uh notwithstanding uh just uh, those times those seasons where we really need to have his heart uh, to know his ways and to just trust in him uh, uh, but he tells him to move on from where he was to to go on uh uh, to, to move to that place now of putting those things behind, as Paul said. And it, certainly we need that too, that sometimes our past can haunt us. Sometimes our, our past can hinder us from what God wants and what God wants us to do. Uh, and we just get bound up because the enemy just points to us and tells us how bad we are, and we already know we're bad. <laughs> uh, that, that's a given. Uh, but, but to move on from that. Uh, and Paul was able to do that, not because of his strength, but because God working in his life helped him and aided him and, and equipped him to move on from what he had done to what he was going to do. And, and what a difference in a lifestyle, these new creatures that we are, these new creations in Christ. So uh, we see Joshua and the people of Israel now, and, and it says, The Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not. So we're back to that again. <laughs> so evidently Joshua, a little trembling because of things that had happened. They got defeated by a, a little people. Uh, and uh, uh, so certainly some trembling, some trepidation and entering back in again. But the Lord says, fear not. And remember, he's never going to say fear not unless there's some fear there. Uh, so fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Uh, and that can certainly dishearten a person, can it? When we fail... When, when we enter into a place of, of realizing that we entered into sin and that there was sin in our camp and, and we get dismayed about it because how could, I, how could I do that? How could I let that happen in my life? How could I allow that to go on in, in my own heart? Uh, the things, the issues of the heart that just uh, really eat at us sometimes, it can dismay us, it can discourage us. He says, don't be dismayed. Let's move on. Let's go from there. I've forgiven you. Uh, things are restored. My presence is with you. So, so let's go. Let, let's not stop. Don't hinder what God wants to do now. So he says, take all the people of war. <laughs> Interesting. When, when the people were in charge without seeking God, they said, ah, we could do it with a couple 3,000 people. <laughs> the Lord looks at him and says, take all of the people so that they can all see the victory, so that they can all see what I can do with the people that are following after me. Don't take just a few, but take everybody so that they can all see. They're all part of this, so take them with you. 
Uh, take them all with you and arise. Uh, no longer sit down and, and be before me, but stand up and let's go. Uh, and let's go to Ai. <clears throat> See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. And remember, by not seeking the Lord, they never got this promise. They, they never got this assurance that they were going to have victory, that they were going to be victorious. Uh, and without God ministering to us, we can never be sure. Uh, maybe the Lord will be gracious, maybe he won't. But uh, as we seek him, he shows us these things. He prepares us. And he's preparing Joshua and the people. They've gone through a hard time. They've gone through some devastation. They've lost some people that they knew, that they loved. Uh, family members are gone. Uh, and so they're, they're discouraged a little bit. And he says, arise and, and let's go. There's a victory coming. Uh, in, even in the hardest of times for our lives, we can get up and go on. We, we can move forward. We don't have to stay in the past. We don't have to stay hunkered down uh, because God is still victorious. And even the days that we're in, uh, and it's easy, I think, for Christians in these days just to hunker down. Well, I'm just going to be a hermit. I'm not going to watch the news. I'm not going to get on the internet. I'm not going to focus on anything. I'm not going out to the town square anymore. I'm just going to hunker down and just be a hermit. <laughs> and he says, no, 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 no. We got to get up and move. We got to get up and go. It's not about us being comfortable. It's about his work being accomplished. Uh, and sometimes that work isn't going to be accomplished if we're not visible, if we're not uh, obeying and, and walking in that truth. I mean, it's important for the people around us to see it, for our grandkids, for our kids, for our neighbors, uh, to see that, that we're real with the Lord, that the Lord is real with us, and, and that, that we need to have him. Uh, so uh, he says, take all the people, rise, go up to Ai, because I've given all this stuff into your hands, as he prepares the people for the victory that's going to come. So arise, don't, don't keep hunkered down, arise, get up, let's go. And you shall do to Ai and her king as you did unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall you take for a prey unto yourselves. So lay thee in ambush for the city behind it. So he tells them you're going to go in, but there's something different already that, that's going on. Remember with Jericho, everything belonged to the Lord. The first fruits all belong to the Lord. But now he comes and he says, okay, now that I've seen your heart, now that I've seen your ways and I see what you're going to do, uh, now you can take some of this for yourselves. He's going to pour out that abundance upon his people. Just think if Achan had waited. <laughs> One more battle. <laughs> but sometimes we're so impatient that we can't wait. God, thank you for giving me the victory. I'm taking the spoil. He goes, no, 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 the spoil's mine. <laughs> You can have the next one. I can't wait, Lord. Mm. And then we start getting in trouble because it's us first and not the Lord. Uh, but he couldn't wait. So, uh, And it tells us in Ephesians that uh, you know, he's going to abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, give us the things that, that he has for us. Uh, so Joshua arose, obedient to the Lord, and all the people of war to go up against Ai, and Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, you shall lie in wait against the city. 
even behind the city, go not very far from the city, but be ye all ready. So 30,000 people are out there. And it says, And I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city, and it shall come to pass that when they come out against us as at the first, that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city, and they will say they flee before us as at the first. Therefore we will flee before them. And then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. Notice he doesn't say, I'm going to deliver it into your hand. <laughs> the Lord your God is going to do it. Keep your focus on the right thing. Even though Joshua was the leader, he didn't take credit for anything that went on. Wouldn't it be great if our government did that? <laughs> okay, never mind. No, no politics, even though voting is coming. Uh, make sure you vote. Uh, but, but notice they, they needed new instructions for a new way. Because they weren't going about AI the way they went about Jericho. God had a different plan. He had a different way of doing it. Isn't it interesting as you go through the New Testament because we love patterns and we love to work things out in the same way as we always have uh, and especially as we get older because we get so set in our ways. <laughs> you know, my chair has to be here. Don't move it over there one more inch. It has to be right here <laughs> because this is the best place for me to be. Uh, we get so set in our ways that when God changes things, we just go, ah, I can't handle this. <laughs> And we go crazy. It's so hard for us to do that. But they need new instructions because it's going to be a new battle. Even in the New Testament with Jesus, he hardly ever healed anybody in the same way. Sometimes he spoke the word. Sometimes he spit in the mud. Sometimes he spit in their eye. Sometimes he just touched them. Sometimes he healed them from afar. Sometimes he healed them close. He always did it differently so that we wouldn't depend on a pattern, that we would depend on the God of the healing. We don't depend on the way that we're going to get healed. We depend on the God who heals us. It was interesting. I was up in, in ICU yesterday with the lady that's going into hospice and, and visiting with her and reading to her. And uh, uh, the nurses came in uh, and they were training some new ones. Uh, and he was talking about uh, the things that were going on, uh, and that's when I first found out she was <coughs> not going to be with us for a long time. Uh, uh, that that uh, they, they were there talking, and he was talking about the different treatments that they were trying to do. And he said, hey, if you want to give her this, you can give her this. Who knows? It might work. Or sometimes we do this, and, and who knows? Sometimes it might work, and I'm sitting there going... Yeah, there's only one physician that knows the outcome. <laughs> and you guys aren't it. <laughs> I'm not trusting our medical field too much right now. <laughs> but, but what we are trusting is the God who's over them. And, and we know he can lead them in the right way. He can give them wisdom that they don't have normally. Uh, so we just look to him. God, it's your way. If you want to bring me to the hospital, bring me to the hospital. If you want to heal me right here, heal me. Uh, but Lord, your ways and not mine. Because uh, I don't know how you're going to do this. But I know you're going to take care of me because you promised. 
So we stand on his promises and just watch him work. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Joshua and the people of Israel doing the same thing. They need instruction. It's a new time, a new enemy, a new battle. And so they're entering into it. Uh, and our, our enemy changes sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes our enemy is discouragement. Sometimes our enemy is physical disease. Sometimes our, our enemy is just uh, our own thoughts. But we need new instructions on each of those just to keep things in order, just to keep our lives in that place where we're before God and not so focused on what's going on that we miss God in the midst of it. He, he might allow those things to go on for our own good, but we aren't going to know that if we're not looking to him and not trusting him. Uh, a great time for us just to sit before him. I was encouraging the folks last night at Bible study, just take some time not to read, but just to sit before the Lord and listen. God, what do you have for me right now? And what do I need to do in my life right now for you to change my heart even more than what it is? Because I don't know about you, but my heart needs changing because <laughs> it's a rotten piece of work. Uh, but God is making it brand new. Uh, and in the midst of it, I want to know what he has for me. And that's why we have two ears and one mouth. So we talk less and listen more, right? <laughs> Lord, help us. <laughs> for those that have ears to hear, listen to what God says. Uh, uh, all through scripture about that. Uh, so uh, in, in verse 8 then, uh, it says, And it shall be that when you have taken the city, notice God already sees it as taken, just like he sees us in Ephesians as sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, that's our position. We're just not there yet. It, it's already a done deal. We're just not there yet. But one day we're going to see it, and it's going to come to take place. Uh, and so we just trust the Lord in the midst of it that, uh, no matter what the way, God is going to get us there. So when you have taken the city that you shall set the city on fire, according to the commandment of the Lord shall you do, see, I have commanded you. And so God gives out this commandment for Joshua and the people of Israel uh, to do something with what they take. They're going to get the cattle, they're going to get the spoil thereof, but they're going to burn the city because God doesn't want anybody inhabiting the places where evil is going to dwell, where evil has been. Uh, just like God can have no evil before him, he doesn't want evil before us that's going to take us away from the places that we need to be. Uh, and he knows what the people of Israel would do with the city of Ai, so he tells them to burn it. He tells them to get rid of it, no remnant of it, uh, so that they wouldn't think of those things. Uh, so Joshua therefore sent them forth in verse 9, and they went to lie in ambush and abode between uh, Bethel and Ai. Uh, Bethel means house of bread. <laughs> Ai means house of ruin <laughs> or he heap of ruin. So you got this place of refreshment against this place of ruin. <laughs> Gee, I wonder which place you want to pick. Uh, um, uh, amazing. Uh, but Joshua lodged that night among the people. Joshua stayed there, didn't consider himself above the people, was included with the people. And we need to do that. We're not above anybody. We may have different gifts. We may have different callings. We may have different letters behind our, our names. But 
we're all the same. God is no respecter of persons. He didn't look at Joshua as being the commander of Israel. He looked at him as a sinner in need of salvation. It was just that Joshua was the one that was leading the people. And he wants us all to be in that same place. We should never get so high and mighty in ourselves that we think that we're better than anybody else. Because we got a government that does that. <laughs> we, we don't need to be part of that. <laughs> we need to be different in all our ways. Uh, and so we just look at that and just, oh Lord, help. Because uh, we've been trained up that way to do that. And he says, no, it's, it's just not the right way. So Joshua lodged that night with the people and Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up he and the elders of Israel before the people to Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and set them to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai in the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the host that was on the north of the city, and their liars in wait on the west side of the city. And Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. And it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it, that they hasted, or that they hasted, and rose up early. And the men of the city went out against the people at a time appointed. They didn't stay in their city and look at them and go, can we beat them? Can we do this? They had realized from the battle before they can beat them. That there's victory that's just waiting for us. They're coming back for another beating. <laughs> and so they went out uh, without paying attention to what was going on around them. Uh, and for you and I as, as believers, we certainly need to be cognizant of the things that are going on around us. Uh, uh, the police will always train you uh, if you go for firearms or uh, security or anything else to be aware of what's going on around you. That's why a lot of times when you see policemen eating at restaurants, they're eating with their face towards the door because they want to know who's coming in. They want to see who's coming in and what they're wearing, what's going on. Uh, and they will sit more in a corner than they will right in front because <laughs> they don't want to be in the line of fire either. <laughs> Uh, but, but it's interesting that, that Christians were so oblivious sometimes to the things that are going on around us that the enemy comes in like a flood and we don't even know he's there until we get overwhelmed. We need to be aware of those things and just to be cognizant that, that these things are happening. There's a battle that's going on for your soul. There's a battle that's going on in the heavenlies. I, I just thank the Lord that we don't see it because I don't think we'd be able to handle it to see the battle in the heavenlies, to see all the things that are going on, to see the ugliness, and then to see the force of God's army coming, just, whoa, amazing. We, we, I don't think we could handle it. And yet we, we still need to be aware that the enemy's working and that even our own family, even other people in the church work sometimes with the ways of the enemy. We don't know where their hearts are but we can tell by what comes out of their mouth. You know, if God tells us something and then somebody in the church comes against it, we know who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> God, you said. But we don't have to rebuke him. We just have to make sure we keep following Jesus. And, and so they, they go on and they, they take their places that are there. Each one had a place. The ones that were in ambush couldn't say to, to Joshua, 
that's no fair. How come I'm in the ambush part and you're in the front part? That's not right. I got just as good a gift as you do. You know? and, and yet we do that, don't we? We all have a place. We all have a purpose. And wherever God puts us, we need to be content there. And we need to stay there and just let God do that work in our lives. Uh, and so they're, they're all set up. Uh, they're, they're in this ambush between Bethel and Ai in the west side of the city. And, and when they had set, verse 13, the people, even all the host was on the north of the city and their liars in wait in the west. Joshua went that night in the midst of the valley. Uh, we did that when king of Ai saw it. He rose up, they came out, and Joshua and all of Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. Uh, so there was some protection that was there also. And all the people that were in Ai called together to pursue after them, and they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city, uh, coming to that place of just uh, the whole city, the men coming out, uh, instead of some staying there for protection, for uh, j just for wisdom, uh, they all came out because they thought they had a great victory going on and they wanted everybody to be part of it. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out after Israel and they left the city open and they pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, <laughs> it's amazing, here he is in the midst of battle, right? People are chasing him. They're shooting arrows. They're throwing knives and stuff and whatever. Uh, and Joshua hears the voice of the Lord. Really? <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I'm in the middle of a game, I'm not listening for the voice of the Lord. I'm, I'm seeing what's going on around me. You know, if you're playing soccer, you're looking for the ball. You're looking to see where, where the uh, ones that are, that are going to be goal scorers are, are positions. And, and you know where, where the ball's being kicked to. So you kind of look at all that and go around. You're not taking time to listen to the voice of the Lord. But isn't it interesting that Joshua took the time, even though he was in the midst of danger, in the midst of battle, took time to listen for the Lord. Uh, and to me, that's a real conviction. Uh, because I'll follow the Lord, and I'll, I'll try and do what the Lord wants, but I'm not always listening in the midst of that to hear God speak. Oh, how important it is that all the time we need to have our ears open, not just the Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and Thursday mornings, all the time, because we're in a battle. And guess what? Soldiers don't have a day off. And we think, well, I need my weekend. Really? <laughs> you need two days off from the Lord? <laughs> How you doing the other five? Ah, oh, interesting. We always need to keep our ears open. Uh, and so the, there wasn't a man left. They all came out after him. And it says that uh, the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out thy spear that is in your hand towards Ai, for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand towards the city. Just think if he didn't obey. The guys in ambush would still be sitting there today <laughs> with bones in the ground just waiting for Joshua to say something. But he obeyed. And so Israel was delivered and Ai was delivered into their hands. The enemy was delivered for victory for them. Not for them to boast because it was God's victory. 
And not for them to say, ah, the battle's won. I don't have to be a soldier anymore because we're always going to be soldiers till we go home. But just, Lord, you've given me another victory. You've helped me to quit smoking. You've helped me to quit swearing. You've helped me to have a better heart, to have some love. You've borne fruit in my life. Lord, I don't want to stop now. And so Joshua raises up the spear uh, that he had in his hand. And isn't it interesting, just a little sidelight, this is just free information. Uh, <laughs> it's because that's where God has taken me. Uh, but he's got a spear in his hand. Remember Moses? He had a rod in his hand. He had a staff in his hand. And what was the staff for? It was what he had to walk with. He was in a place where he was walking. He was in the wilderness wanderings. He had a staff in his hand, but it was used as he raised it up for correction for, for Egypt, for the people of Egypt, and instruction for the people of Israel. There, there was a chastening effect with that rod. With the spear, it's there for battle. With the spear, it, it's there for battle and destruction. Uh, just a second, Cindy. Uh, but remember, as you look at Jesus, what did Jesus have in his hand? He had holes in his hand. And our names written on the palms of his hand. There was no chastening. There was no destruction. There was love that was poured out for you and I. And he goes, what's in our hands? What do we have? Mm. Yes, yeah, Cindy. Oh. And your shirt Tuesday for prayer that you had finished. Mm. So anyway, here's, here's uh, the Lord speaking to Joshua. Stretch out your spear. Get it up so people can see it. Don't have it down so that they don't react, but have it up so that they react. And doesn't he want to do that with us? He wants us up above the things of this world. That's why he told Joshua and the rest of the people to arise. Get up above your circumstances. Get up above your, your, your place of defeat. Get up and find victory in who I am so that people can see. Because remember what Jesus said, if I'm high and lifted up, I'm going to draw all people to myself. So the things that are lifted up is the place that people are going to be drawn to. Trouble is, with America, most of the people that are high and lifted up just want the, want the power and want the money and want the notoriety. Think of sports figures and just how awful they've become. <laughs> I've stopped watching pro sports of any kind because I just can't stand the attitudes. I can't stand the woke that's going on in there. can't stand the, the, all the stuff that's, that's happening and the lifestyles that it brings. Uh, I, I've even stopped looking at those things that were lifted up because the world can lift things up too, can't it? But we want to look at the things that God lifts up. Uh, and so keep your focus in the right place. Look, look at the people. What, what if those in ambush were looking in the other direction? They were looking at Bethel. 
and going, I wonder what these guys are doing. And they missed the spear being lifted up. Oops, there was the ambush. <laughs> We're in trouble again. We've got to keep our focus in the right place. And that's always looking to our commander, the one in charge of our lives, our master. Uh, and so uh, in the ambush, it says in verse 19, arose quickly out of their place and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. They were watching, they were looking, they were paying attention. They were doing what God had instructed them to do. And so they rushed in and they didn't just do it haphazardly. They didn't saunter along. Uh, they ran. They ran to the place where God was going to bring victory. <coughs> Excuse me. And they entered into the city. They took it. They hasted and set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, uh-oh, uh, they saw and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven. And they had no power to flee this way or that way. They, they were hemmed in. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back upon the pursuers. And when Joshua and all of Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city, that the smoke of the city had ascended, then they turned again and slew the men of Ai as God had commanded. And the other issued out of the city against them, so that they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they smote them, uh, so that they let none of them remain or escape. And the king of Ai they took alive and brought him to Joshua, and it came to pass that when Israel uh, uh, had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness whereon they chased them, and when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. Uh, and so it was that all that fell that day, both of men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai, for Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. And there we see something that's the same. Uh, as Joshua kept that spear up for the battle to continue, it's the same with Moses. Remember when, when the people of uh, Israel were fighting against Amalek uh, and they came in Joshua, was one of the, the commanders of the armies. Moses is up on the hill with uh, uh, his, his brothers and they were holding his hands up so that the staff wouldn't come down. <laughs> we need to have that lifted up so that we know that we need to continue. And one day it's gonna come down and we're gonna have peace and safety in the midst of the place, but that place is gonna be heaven. It's not gonna be here on earth it's going to be heaven because there's always going to be battle that's here but in heaven there is none mm. can you wait <laughs> where everything that's said on the news is true gee can you believe that <laughs> and, and there's going to be no more sorrow no more tears no more pain because of the lost victories, because of the lost battles. Uh, he drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed. Only the cattle and the spoil of the city Israel took for a prey unto themselves, according unto the word of the Lord which he commanded Joshua. 
and Joshua burnt Ai and made it a heap forever, that heap of ruin, <laughs> even a desolation unto this day. Uh, in the king of Ai, uh, he hanged on a tree until eventide, and as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering of the gate of the city and raise thereon a heap of stones that remains to this day. Uh, it tells us in Deuteronomy 21, uh, this, it, it, as we look at it, uh, uh, it says, And if a man has committed a sin worthy of death, and he be uh, put to death, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall in any wise bury him that day. Bury him while it is still day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God, that the land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Uh, don't keep it there as a remembrance forever. Instead, remember him. Uh, and uh, he said, take that off. And isn't it interesting that when Jesus died, he didn't stay all day on the cross because Roman crucifixion could take up to three days for the people to die. There's some cases where they died instantly, other cases where they didn't even make it through the scourging that Jesus went through. But they, they, could, they had perfected it so well that they could keep people alive on the cross for three days, as an example. But Jesus died at three in the afternoon so that they could take him down before sunset, before the evening came, just like Deuteronomy said, that he would be buried that day. <laughs> Gee, I wonder if there's an author behind this whole book <laughs> to put that all together. Because we, we know man can't do that. It's only something God can do. Inspiring writers to write, but to give them the wisdom to know how to write. Just an amazing thing. So the king of Ai, he hanged on that tree until evening. They took him down, like he said, so that there would be favor in the land. They did it for a purpose, for God. Again, everything is done for the Lord, not for us, not because of our wisdom, but because of God's wisdom. Uh, and so then it says that Joshua uh, built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. Uh, he builds an altar. The first thing that he does after victory is he builds an altar of remembrance and an altar of worship to the God who gained the victory. And how often do we do that? When we get a victory in our lives, we've stopped smoking, we've stopped swearing, we've stopped doing the things we used to do, whatever it is. Do, do we stop and, and just commemorate that because what God has done? Or do we say, boy, I'm so proud of myself for stopping smoking. And what do people say? Congratulations, you stopped smoking. No, <laughs> God just got it away from me. It's God's victory. And so often we don't build those altars of, of commemoration. We, we just kind of build an altar to ourselves. Yeah, got this one down. Now we can go on to the next one. No. <laughs> God, you get the glory in everything. We don't deserve the glory. It wasn't us that did it anyway. It wasn't even us that wanted to stop smoking. I smoked two to three packs a day for years. And I didn't want to stop. I had no desire to stop. 
until my wife, the Holy Spirit incarnate, uh, came <laughs> and said, how come I'm cutting down and you're still smoking? <laughs> That's why she's not here today. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I just took out my cigarettes, put them on the table, and never picked one up since. And it wasn't because it was my strength, because I was used to smoking constantly. You could smoke at work, you could smoke in your car, you could smoke in restaurants, you could smoke anywhere, and I was. And yet God just took it away. I know it wasn't me. I had no victory. God had a victory, because he knew what it was going to do to me. <laughs> and the, the neat thing about it is he restores. Because they say once you stop smoking, your lungs start healing and the blackness starts coming out and pretty soon they're, they're pink and beautiful again like they're supposed to be. And it wasn't because it's me. It's because God does it. Ah, thank you, Lord. It would be awful to sit here teaching Bible study just puffing away. <laughs> that probably wouldn't look good. <laughs> uh, so just... Probably shouldn't go on the radio either, but hey. Uh, so Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. He, he built an altar there uh, and just give to, glory to the Lord. And that place today is in where the West Bank is. Uh, if any of you have that topography in your mind, you can look and just realize that that's where it is today. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children... Uh, um, of Israel as it is written in the book of the law of Moses an altar of whole stones over which no man lift up any iron so these were stones that weren't cut there the, these were just whole stones that they brought there and fit together <clears throat> and they offered there and burnt offerings to the Lord and they sacrificed peace offerings uh, the altar j just reminding us uh, of the cross that was going to come, reminding us of the cross where Jesus took the payment of sin for you and I. Uh, that that altar of remembrance for, for you and I. But it, in this place, uh, th there's kind of something that's going on that we read about in, in Deuteronomy. We'll get there in just a second. Uh, so it says in verse 32, and he wrote there on the, the stones a copy of the law of Moses. And what did the Lord command the kings of Israel to do when they became king that they were to sit down and copy the law of Moses? Mm. They were to copy it. They were to write it out. And why is that? I, I think there's a great reason behind it because if you hear something, like you're a student in school, you may listen to about one-nineteenth of what the teacher's saying, right? <laughs> uh, but if you start writing things down, you remember more. And if you speak those things like he tells us to do with the law, you remember it almost 100%. So if you hear it, you speak it, you write it, it becomes a permanent part of who you are. Hmm. Maybe something for us to do. <laughs> Who knows what God has. So he wrote there on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. Notice what he's doing. He isn't doing it in private, in his own tent. He's doing it out in public so that people see our God is in control of our king. 
our king listens to our God. What do your kids see when they see you reading your Bible? Our parents listen to God. Our parents follow the things that God has. wonder why they do that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so all of Israel and their elders and their officers and their judges stood on this side of the ark and on the, that side of the ark before the priests, the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, as well as the stranger, as he that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gerizim and half of them over against Mount Ebal. <laughs> And that sounds kind of strange. We'll see about it in a second. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, as you, uh, Well, let's go back. Deuteronomy chapter 27. Just the book before this. Uh, Deuteronomy 27. Because <clears throat> uh, we just went through Deuteronomy, so we're going to remember this as we come into it. Hopefully we're going to remember it. Uh, uh, let's pick up down at verse 9. We've got time here. It says, And Moses and the priests, the Levites, spoke unto all of Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken, O Israel. This day thou art become the people of the Lord thy God. You shall therefore obey the voice of the Lord your God to do his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day. And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when ye are come over Jordan, Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Joseph and Benjamin. And these shall stand upon Mount Ebal, the same two mountains we're reading about in Joshua, uh, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice, Cursed is the man that maketh any graven image or molten image as an abomination of the Lord in the work of the hands of the craftsmen and putteth it to his secret place and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. <laughs> Cursed is he that setteth light by his father uh, or his mother and all the people shall say, Amen. And cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmarks and, and all the people shall say, Amen. And then cursed, cursed, cursed all the way through Cursed, cursed, cursed. Those are the ones that, that were cursing on Mount Ebal. But isn't it interesting, now that we're back in uh, 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 with Joshua, uh, looking at this, he puts half of them in Gerizim, which is where praise was going to come from, and half of them were going to be the place of cursing, uh, uh, that the Lord does these things in their, in their lives to bring healing to them. Because at the cross, there's healing. Healing from the curses. And encouragement for the blessings. And it was just a reminder of them, Lord, help us to stay in the place of blessing and not be in the place of cursing. Not be in the place where we're cursed and where we're cursing others. But Lord, help us to be in that place of blessing. That, that there would be a difference in our lives, Lord. But where does he put the altar? He puts the altar at Mount Ebal, the place of cursing, because the cross takes away the curse. It's the cross that does that. It's, it's not how many people we have or what tribes are there. It's God. And Joshua builds an altar there. It is so sweet. 
the place that was cursed is now blessed. And doesn't God do the same thing with us? Because we're in the place of cursing, of being cursed. And he puts the cross in front of it. We come to salvation and we get saved and we become that place of blessing where it used to be a place of cursing. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We're redeemed by what God has done. And just so sweet. And so he finishes up here in, in chapter 8 of Joshua. Uh, uh, and afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessing, uh, and the cursings, and uh, according to all that is written in the book of the law. And there was not a word of all that that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the congregation of Israel with the women, the little ones, the strangers that were conversant with them. <laughs> Notice he doesn't hold back from the women, the children, the men. It, it's read before all of them. How much we need to have that in front of us all. Not, not just the, the ones that are learned, but all of us need to hear the word of truth from Jesus. Uh, there's not one of us that doesn't need it. And it's so sweet that the Lord has provided a copy for us. Can you imagine? <laughs> and, and yet we, we still don't believe, even with this whole thing here. And we've got people all over the world that have one page here and one page there. And they're getting saved by the page that they have in front of them because that's all they have of the Bible. Because they, they take their Bibles over there and they rip out pages and they pass them around because they hardly see each other. <laughs> and yet people are getting saved because they have one page out of Scripture. And we can't get saved and we got the whole written book. <laughs> Just, oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> we need deliverance. <laughs> Yeah. And if you read it, it's so obvious that it's not just three, three courses, it's all page after page. Yep. It's, and it's all there. I just don't want to be one of them that has to stand before the Lord and said, I didn't believe your word. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I told it to a lot of other people that were laughing it up, you know. Uh-huh. Stay in the word, folks. Father, thank you uh, for your word. And just thank you for the truth of it, Lord. Uh, we see, we just go from chapter to chapter and we see all these things going on and, and it's hard for us to picture some of those things sometimes, Lord. But uh, we see the, the victory that's there is just because of you, Lord. And we see that place of cursing. We see that place of blessing. We see how you speak, Lord, and, and people listen. And help us to be a people who listen, Lord. Like Joshua, even in the midst of his battle, he heard you. And Lord, help us to hear you in the midst of our battles. We all have those battles. Some days are easier than others. Some days are travel days. But Lord, uh, there, there's always a battle. Either here or there or coming or uh, just gone by. Uh, but Lord, we want to hear you in the midst of it. We want, don't want to go into a battle without hearing you. Uh, we want to know your victory. We want to know where that place of blessing is. We want to know when our commander lifts up his spear so that we enter in and do what's right. 
So, Lord, have your way. And we just ask, Father, that you just minister to our hearts and, and just commune with us, Lord. Uh, may we be good listeners and good obeyers. And, Lord, we just ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.